it's not for podcast. Greg, it's 7.30. (sighs) Right around that corner. There's a podcast feed. They sell movie reviews. Best I've ever listened to. Would you go get me three? Hey, come on, partner. Three. Okay, I'll get you three. Thank you. (laughs) Taylor, get me three. Welcome, everyone, to Movies for When. It is our first... Uh, I feel like fun episode in a while. Greg, we've been too serious lately. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. We've been way too serious. (laughs) Yeah, like what the fuck? What is this shit that we've been doing? All this serious stuff about gender and war and global poverty and famine and And terrorism. And girls trip. Girls trip. No, I, I did love talking about gender with uh, Abby and Alexia, but I was like, when I was doing these movies, I was like, man, we've kind of gotten away from our like uh, our lighthearted roots. I'm, I'm excited to get back to what we started out doing. You know, it's been a while since we've just had like a classic movies for when, and I'm excited to yeah. do it today. It's been since The Postman, I feel like. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're not going to be tackling gender this week. We're going to be tackling a season summertime the hot one they say yeah this is the only one we didn't plan because we had like six weeks in a row we're like all right we're doing this 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 and this and then we got to last week and we're just like no shit what are we doing next week (laughs) (laughs) the end of the podcast yeah at the end of the podcast yeah yep uh oh man go back and listen to that one it's fun but yeah this is gonna be our first sequel theme this is a yeah wait a sequel to the second episode we ever did, Movies for When, You're Having a Hot Boy Summer. And this week we are doing Movies for When, You're Having an Even Hashtag Hotter Boy Summer. Because it's fucking roasting outside and I'm sick of it. Dude, it was legit. Like, my, my speakers in my car stopped working this week. Because it's, I think it's because it's so hot. Like, they showed, like, no signs of problems and... Then they just started sputtering out, and at the time of this recording, they just don't work. And I've been putting my phone in my frocket to listen to podcasts while I drive. <laughs> it sucks. It fucking blows, Greg. Yeah, you're going to have to like tuck it into like your front shirt pocket mm-hmm. with the like speaker end facing up. This that's is how I have to drive now. That's, oh, that's no. my life. Oh, that's no. what I've been doing all week. Uh, don't leave your speakers alone in the hot car. <laughs> put a sign on the window that says like don't the speakers worry, are happy i'm just going in for five minutes they're playing their favorite music and the antifreeze is dripping on them <laughs> <laughs> and i still come back to shattered windows damn it <laughs> and my speakers are stolen what a story all right denny uh this week we're going to be talking about three summer hits summer yes, movies uh, I selected Palm Springs from 2020. We've got Endless Summer from 1966, Denny's pick. And then the audience smartly selected from our poll, Point Break. What a film. Hey, what, what a, a picture. Fi- what a picture. <laughs> we'll get to that lastly. Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get to any of these, though, Denny, would you want to hear about what I watched this week? I would love to hear about what you watched this week, Gregory. This is another summer hit film. Old. <laughs> about a beach that makes you old. 
It is the new M. Night Shyamalan movie on HBO Max, and oh my god, dude. Like, <laughs> I... Tell me it you're is, an M. Night Shyamalan movie without telling me you're an M. Night Shyamalan movie. A beach that makes you old. <laughs> it is... I, I still don't know what I think about it. I think it's one of the silliest movies I've ever seen, but I'm still, like... a it's some stuff is just stuck in my head and i'm like appreciating it more after the fact but it's still just so goddamn silly man but i i, I like it and i don't like it i don't think it's bad i just think it's kind of baffling <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i i want to root for m night Shyamalan. i really do yeah, so we I'll, all do i'll probably check it out you know i want to believe that studios made him make shitty projects and he's actually a good director but i'm starting to wonder i think he is a good director i think you know with this one it's like i will say to his credit where you know it got to the point where it was like the twist is the main thing there is like a reveal in this movie but it feels remember like when we talked about um the sixth sense where the twist in that movie felt kind of inconsequential to how I felt about the film in general. That's kind of how I felt with this one. There's like a reveal yeah. and it didn't affect my enjoyment of it at all. It okay. didn't like reframe my mindset of the whole movie. It was just like presented very, you know, twist like be behind it was very understated and just yeah. understandable. So, uh I, we also <laughs> we also watched House of Gucci. Which, like, it's not a bad movie, mm -hmm. but I could not possibly give less the, of a fuck about what was going on in that movie. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I, I did not care at all. Lady Gaga was awesome. I loved seeing her acting more now, but that mm -hmm. movie was just, like, one big shrug of, of a story. I did not yeah. care. You mentioned it to Leah when I was over, and Leah sounded excited, and I was like, I know very little about this movie. I just hope I'm not here when they watch it. I don't want to sit through it. <laughs> you would have, yeah, you would have left feeling the same. <laughs> cool. Like, Good to no know. Strong, no strong feelings, but I wish I wasn't here for it. Uh, but she liked it fine, I guess. So, uh, And then you and I watched two things together. We watched Ghost World. Yes. A... Um, Slightly problematic, but still very interesting kind of indie film from the early yeah. 2000s uh, with one glaring issue, which, you know, maybe we'll talk about one day. I wouldn't even call it a glaring issue because of the way they addressed it. Like, they they showed it as, like, this is not okay. and Okay, yeah, You fair. know, like, I, it didn't bother me because it wasn't, like, uh, I don't know, let's say Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza, um, <laughs> where it's fully endorsed. Um, so... It doesn't bother me at all. And go, we're talking about like an adult having a relationship with a minor. Well, really not a minor, uh, fresh Someone, out of high school, eighteen year yeah. old. But it's not okay. Way younger. They don't portray it like it's some sort of beautiful love. They portray it like it's a fucked up thing. And yeah, so, but it it still leaves you uncomfortable. But it, that was the intention. So yeah. Uh, the other thing, speaking of uncomfortable, but in a good way. The other thing we watched was a little show on HBO <laughs> called The Rehearsal. Man. Oh my god. We don't recommend shows too terribly often on this podcast, but if you're not watching The Rehearsal, first of all, watch the entirety of Nathan For You. 
because yes. I think that's also on HBO Max and maybe Hulu still. Mm-hmm. I haven't checked, but it's on both. Okay, good. So you have you have means, but yeah, the rehearsal is. He hasn't missed a step, man. Dude, I, I rewatched. There's only steps. <laughs> there's only one episode out right now. There's going to be a new one when this episode drops. So there's not too terribly much to catch up on. Yes. Man, it's so fucking funny. This man is a fucking auteur, and I won't hear anything else. Like, he is is a tastemaker and, like, a fucking artist. No one else does comedy this way. And it's, like, people kind of trying to, maybe not trying to emulate it, but, like, stuff that people would compare this brand of comedy to almost always makes me extremely uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But when he does it, it's, like... I'm just infatuated. Like, I love this show so much. It's one episode and I've watched it twice already, but it's just. Same. Yeah. It Same. stays like this. It stays like this. I curse the Chinese for inventing gunpowder. <laughs> <laughs> it's tall, but not the tallest building in the world. <laughs> That'd be the Burj Khalifa. <laughs> yep. Tallest building in the world. So All right, Denny. Besides the rehearsal, what else did you watch, my guy? Um, let's see. In addition to what we already talked about watching together, because we're super besties, I saw uh, Marcel the Shell with shoes on, and it was the exact warm hug I was promised in the advertising. I really enjoyed it. Um, premise of a kid's movie um, that is definitely made for adults. You know, like it was uh, emotionally resonant. Uh, I don't know that I'd call it powerful, but it is very heartwarming, and I'd, I'd never seen the, the YouTube short films that got released. Um, apparently, a lot of people got burnt out on the quoting of those, so if you are that mm-hmm. person, I don't know what to tell you. I I loved this movie, and I went in completely cold. Um, I also Vanessa and I finally started season three of The Boys. We're one episode in, and it's a banger nice. in the wanger, uh, pun intended. Uh, and earlier this week, Vanessa and I watched from our movie list V slash H slash S by Ty West and many other filmmakers, uh, horror anthology, uh, straight up. It scared the fucking shit out of me. Um, I did not sleep well that night. I was scared of things under my bed. Um, it was a really, really scary, really, really good horror movie. And get this, cause you're not going to believe it. Cause you're not used to hearing it after that kind of praise. It's a fucking found footage movie. Um, so if oh, you're no. going to find footage, you better find footage this good, is what I always say, because it's a great movie <laughs> in a genre that I absolutely hate. So that's how you know it's really good, when you love the movie, but you shouldn't. You know, like, that's that's it had to work against the grain. Uh, that's VHS for me. Loved it. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all I've watched this week, other than what we're covering and what we already talked about watching. Yeah, I I think I'd seen part of it, but you know, I gotta confess, I don't know a lot about ho- uh, horror anthologies. My you horror will. anthology educational situation is a fraud. <laughs> All right. Wow, it must have been big of you to tell me that. Like, you probably had to plan for that. This podcast is going exactly it. as planned. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. Um. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start out with our hotter boy summer movies, and again, like we said in the first hot boy summer uh, episode, hot boy summer is a mindset. It is not specific to any gender. It is or genital. 
or genital. <laughs> it's a vibe. It's not. Bring your a... titties or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah, bring bring what you got to the beach. Usually. Yeah. I think we go to the beach in all these movies, just about. Yeah. Or we go to a pool in one Palm of them. Palm Springs has a lot of pool, that which counts. Yeah. That's counts. It counts. We go swimming. It's hot boy summer. Speaking of Palm Springs, we're gonna start right there. Finger guns. All right, Palm Springs, 2020. You can find this on Hulu. This is a Hulu exclusive. I think it was uh, released there. You don't need like the premium live TV uh, setting. You just need like a basic Hulu account, and you can watch Palm Springs. Good mm-hmm. deal. How fun is that? With like 45 uh, ads before it. Like, holy crap, did I have to sit through a lot oh, of yeah. commercials? I didn't have ads during the movie, but I had like three minutes before. Yeah, they like, front loaded it. Like, crazy. all right, time time to pour a drink, and I had you know the gimmick ready, but there weren't any in the movie, so <laughs> credit where it's due. Thank you. All right, I'll summarize Palm Springs as this was my pick, even though I'd never seen it before. Uh, the Lonely Island Boys have made a Andy Samberg vehicle, where he basically accidentally finds a Groundhog Day cave. Andy Samberg plays Niles. He's uh, with his girlfriend at one of her friend's weddings. And he stumbles upon a cave that makes the same day, the day of the wedding, just repeat over and over. And he's the only one that is aware of it. We kind of get brought into the movie through the perspective of Sarah, uh, the sister of the bride. And it's clear that Andy Samberg's Niles has been stuck in this day for quite some time. She follows him into the desert to hook up. He gets shot with an arrow by J.K. Simmons' character named Roy. And, yeah, Niles has to go into the cave. Sarah follows him. So now she is also stuck in the same day time loop. Sucks to suck. So she's coming to terms with that. He's trying to guide her through it. Stuff gets revealed about the days that he spent with her uh they start falling for each other it's a love story roy is still out there trying to kill uh niles it's a good time a good time traveling time time yep. looping time, time looping. I should say. yeah it's kind of like looper the ryan johnson project <laughs> a ryan a ryan johnson joint yeah uh, <laughs> a knives out story they're doing that now. <laughs> They're making another one called like a Knives Out Tale or something, but it's just Daniel. They Craig's are. Back. Yeah, it might be that good. Sucks. I love Blanche. I want to see Anna de Armas again. Yeah, I want to yeah. see Jamie Lee Curtis again. And Lakeith Stanfield. Sure, we love him. Bring him on. Um. Yeah. So Palm Springs. I I just said before that I had never seen this movie. I was excited to watch it. Uh, it was always like in the back of my mind as something I should I should watch, so I brought it up for this podcast. Denny had had you seen this one before? Yeah, I watched it uh, when it came out, and I really liked it, which surprised me because I was like, "Sorry, gang, you you get to do one Groundhog's Day per culture. Like, there's you know, like there's not much more to do here." Um, but I've actually seen this and uh, Edge of Tomorrow which I think also handled the concept really well in slightly different a- ways. A.K.A. Live, Die, Repeat. Yes, uh, or yeah. All You Need Is Kill, which is the best possible title for it. I believe that's the original title. Or Holy the, the title of the the 
is it graphic novel it's based off? I don't know. The source material, I believe, is called All You Need Is Kill. Um, source material. Good save. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but no, I watched it and loved it and watched it again last night and still loved it just as much as the first time, if not more. Big fan of this movie. Very nice. That's what we love to hear. Um, yeah. All right. Let's dive in, buddy. I prefer to cannonball in and then pull myself up on a pizza floaty, if you don't mind. Yeah, as long as there's beer waiting for me. Yeah. Well, my first thing, we've got another telltale sign of a movie that we're going to enjoy. A one-off goofy character actor from I Think You Should Leave. What? I missed it. I didn't catch it. He was one of the wedding guests. He was the honk if you're horny guy. Oh and he was honking because he's so horny. Oh my god, I did not notice him there at all. <gasps> I've seen oh it yeah! Mary! Ah! Burr, burr, burr. I've it's him! I've seen a lot of these. Hurry up, man, just pick one. <laughs> <laughs> thought you were part of a service or something. People were so horny, their stomachs hurt. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's in this movie. He's He's got a few lines. I, I really like seeing him. He kind of plays a similar character, like, Oh, man, you want to go dancing or something? <laughs> Trying to hit on Sarah or whatever, but... Wait, yeah. is he... You just froze on me, but is he the, uh... Is he the really drunk guy that tries to bang the sister? Yes, yes he is. Oh, my God, I did... I clearly saw him, I just didn't recognize him at all. Uh-huh. Wow. I realized that. Wow. Wow. All right, Denny. What do you what do you think about this movie, man? What's your What's the note? Hit me with a note. So I, I actually took very very few notes for this movie. Um, I I just kind of sat back and enjoyed it because it's also the kind of thing where if you look away for too long, you start missing things. Um, I mostly just wrote down lines I thought were funny. I, I think what really sticks with me about this um, that it kind of addresses, I think, a little more on the nose than something like Groundhog's Day does. Um, is just like the grappling for meaning with the existential nature of it all. Um, like there were so many times when I like I, I walked away from this movie thinking like, how cool is it that like this is like basically a testament to the natural human tendency to grow and progress, where it's like even if you were stuck in a time loop where it could not be more clear to you that everything you're experiencing is meaningless you would still take away knowledge and personal growth from it. You know, like you would still find these mm -hmm. truths. And I think like you see, uh, I'm not a fan of the name Niles. So we're just going to call him Andy Samberg's character. Um, okay, fine. I uh, also well, don't love it. <laughs> why would you name him Niles? That's stupid. You got like Sarah, Roy, Howard, Misty, and fucking Niles. Why, why, why is any name like Jonathan or something? Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, Kristen, Milady, Sarah comes in, and uh, I, I just think, like, you see Andy Samberg going through these phases of life that he could absolutely go through without a time loop. You know, like, going through, like, stuff that we really relate to, like, what it's like to be in a rut and to just not give a fuck about anything, uh, your relationships falling apart you're somewhere you don't want to be you feel like a stranger and isolated in a crowd so you just drink and fuck off and cause chaos right like who hasn't been there <laughs> um and you look for other people who are as miserable as you to also drink and fuck off and cause chaos with 
Um, and then eventually we all kind of come to the conclusion that you can't really do that forever. You know, <laughs> like you, you mm-hmm. just, you just can't. And usually around that time you meet someone kind of special that makes you see the world in a different way. Um, and then you start wanting to be a better person. Um, because you have a newfound reason to give a fuck. Um, and then as you, just as you're getting comfortable, life changes again and you resist the change. You're like, what the fuck? I liked it here. I just got mm-hmm. comfortable in my fucking mess. And then the goddamn call to adventure comes and you got to fucking fight all these threshold guardians as you're being transported to a new environment, which you will have to change and adapt to, um, and learn more things. And, you reject the call, but eventually you're like, no, seriously, I can't just fuck around here forever, right? Like, and I'm, I'm just like, this very human journey of grappling with the meaninglessness of it all that could have happened with or without a time loop. You know, like, to me, it, it their, their characters' journeys, like, made the time loop seem kind of unnecessary. They just, it was a device to have them slow down and think about some stuff. But, like... Mm-hmm they could have been living day to day like that. And it wouldn't have been out of like, who doesn't have a phase of their life where they're just like fucking around being useless, being a degenerate, right? Like you, you, they didn't have to be stuck for that to happen. And I don't know. I just related to how much life can feel like a time loop a lot of the time. And it's, it's other people who are not okay with being in a repetitive cycle of self-destructive tendencies that pull us out of it. Um, I don't know, man. That's what I walked away with. That's yeah. kind of a, a whole monologue of my take on the movie, but I, I loved it even more this time because that kind of stuff stuck with me more than the jokes. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, the jokes stuck with me pretty well too. But yeah, Sarah's <laughs> Sarah's like willingness to kind of dive into the shit with him, mm-hmm. but then not get so deep that she couldn't also pull herself out and Niles. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep saying his name. Yeah, it it was it was really nice to see like he couldn't drag her all the way down with him. I don't think yep. she found the same comfort that he did and Yeah. You know, I that's part of, you know, you're like what would I do in that situation and I guess that makes you kind of think about haven't I been through a situation like this just yeah. without, you know, the caveat of a time loop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, you know, we've all been comfortable in kind of a shitty time and just kind of wallowed in our either self-pity or just, like, been resistant to any sort of change, positive or negative, or just unknown in general. Yeah. And it's really good to see stories of people pulling each other out of that and using each other's strengths to, you know, move on to a better life. Well, yeah, and I think that's the key difference, right? Because, like, the movie, you know, it really lets you know that the reason Sarah can't stay in this time loop is because she wakes up every day the morning after um, she fucked her sister's soon-to-be husband the night before the wedding, right? And she's just Mm -hmm. like, I cannot start my day like this for all of eternity. Um, And I always, like, the first pass, honestly, just as we're talking about it now, even on the second pass, I was like, oh that's her motivation to get out but then i think about it and i'm like andy samberg wakes up every day in a very similar situation with a girlfriend he knows is cheating on him um and the only difference between these two is that 
Niles got okay with waking up that way every day and she refused to, right? Like, and mm-hmm. um, that's what it's like in that rut. It's like you get so comfortable in it. You're like, hey, this is kind of nice. At least I can be left alone and do whatever I want. You know, like that's that's all I really want. At least I'll speak for myself. That's how I get and you just start to forget that you're waking up every morning in an awful shitty situation that you're not doing anything about. Um, yeah. <laughs> you need someone to like, to reality check you and just be like, this is not okay. This is no, like, no way no. to live your fucking life. You know, what this are you is doing? actually bad for you. Please yeah. stop. <laughs> Let's get yeah. out of it together. It was, it was one thing in the movie that maybe more than a little uncomfortable was when, you know, we realize that she's been waking up after like a morning of like a really terrible mistake. And, you know, she's found a way to possibly break out of the time loop. And Andy Samberg's just like, you know, you could just, let's just stay here. You could just ignore that. And I was like, that's a really tough ask. Yeah. <laughs> Something that she's like really clearly distressed about and uncomfortable with. Just like, mm-hmm. You know, just get over it. I, I it felt more like a desperation move than like a the movie saying like ah, whatever. Yeah. But it, it still was like, Ooh, buddy, Niles, come on, man. Yeah. Well, and it's like because that's the thing is when you're in that walk of life, it can be very hard to see how incredibly selfish you're being. Because mm-hmm. for you, like, I I keep needing to speak for myself here. For me. It's like what matters the most to me in those moments is my comfort. Um, I'm just so fucking miserable that I just want to do whatever I've decided I need to do that week to increase my level of comfort. And anyone who is like challenging or pushing or uh, motivated in some sort of way is just an obstacle to my comfort that I must overcome. Um, And it's hard, you know, like it's hard when and it's the most loving thing you could do for someone to to surpass them right it's hard when someone who is in that rut with you starts moving on but that's your cue that you need to start moving on too right and sometimes Mm -hmm. we need that that cue from somebody that we care about of like hey i love you i care about you i will not stay here with you forever um, and that's exactly what Sarah gives him, right? <laughs> like, I'm just yeah. I'm just not going to do it. You can live like this for the rest of your life if you want, but you will do it without me. And yeah. I and need it's, that it's wake going up call. To, yeah, exactly. And it's going to be worse knowing that I'm leaving it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if things had never changed, it would have been bad for you. But the fact that I'm also leaving this makes it worse for you. Yeah. So make yes. a decision. It's the idea, or it's the confrontation with, like, Niles is treating this situation like there is just, it's just unavoidable. There's nothing he could possibly do about it. And he's living in that delusion. Um, I want that delusion sometimes. You know, like, when you get in those dark places of, like, well, everything's terrible, and it's not my fault, and there's nothing I can do about it, so I might as well just, like drink and jerk off all the time i don't know (laughs) like you know like um she challenges him with the reality check of you could absolutely do something about this but you're refusing to even try hate it but i love it but i hate it it was a kick in the pants though yeah uh the only other thing that made me a little uncomfortable was just like when we were discussing 
the hit movie Next, if you remember. I, I recall uh, it vaguely, yes. Using time manipulation foresight to manipulate a woman is really not my jam. Yeah. Like, I know how she's going to react, so I know how to make exactly the right moves to manipulate yeah. her into sleeping with me. Yeah. Well, and for now, what it's worth, that's another Ghost World thing where I'm like, that was portrayed as something that's really fucked up to do not something that's like cool and smooth like it was in yeah Groundhog like in Day. like in next yeah. <laughs> yeah or in next ah. yeah, <laughs> yeah in next it was like damn he's got all the moves yeah this shouldn't <laughs> even that it still didn't make sense but whatever um i th- i feel like this is a it's it's obviously a pretty low budget film i didn't look up the numbers or anything for it but i would put I this would. as like a a, a tier two low budget film mm-hmm. tier one i didn't notice that it was low budget yeah this one is tier two i noticed but i don't care uh, what, what, what made th- you notice it was low budget sorry i cut you off just like some of the effects and like the fact that we're only in like three places the whole movie yeah but like i didn't care and then tier three i notice and it's charming and tier four it's distracting that's your American Psycho 2 colon all American girl territory. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this yeah. is like, I noticed it with like some of the effects and just uh, some of the locations and everything, but you know, it didn't detract in any way from the experience. Well, for what it's worth, I didn't notice, um, but mm. they stretched like their dollar for sure. I can't, I know it says that IMDb says it's gross was $1 million, which I've got to assume is, um, Ad because revenue? it was on a streaming service. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. It, there's, I, I'm, I don't know how you even track that. Um, I'm gonna see what the budget was because I mean, like, oh, five million. Okay, so very low budget. Okay. Um, yeah, considering the actors that we had here, five million. Probably yeah. like Andy and Simmons got two each, and then the rest was yeah divvied out among production and marketing and shit and the well, other yeah, that's, actors. That's the thing is like we don't know what that means in terms of a movie for a streaming service like made a million off of five we have no idea if that's a good metric or not (laughs) you know like because we don't know what made a million even fucking means in this context and between the two of us there was like eight minutes of ads that we watched just just there so you know that's that's a little bit extra well that's the thing like there's the other four million (laughs) dollars yeah (laughs) (laughs) we did it we're heroes with a movie on a streaming service too like it's such a different thing because like there's no pressure for it to have like a strong opening weekend or i don't even know what the equivalent of i mean i guess views. it was summer 2020 so yeah i guarantee it got the clicks um but mm-hmm. but it's like hulu now has that for the cost of five million dollars that's a good movie that people really like that just sits in their body of content exclusively how do you put right. a price tag on that? Like, how do you say what that's worth? I don't know, but it'll be on Hulu forever until they decide they want to loan it out to somebody else if they ever decide to do that, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I have no idea how money works for a made-for-streaming exclusive movie. I have no idea how to measure it. I have no idea how money works in general. Yeah, well, same. Right. <laughs> I'll show you my bank account if you don't believe me. <laughs> <laughs> big day of comic-con reveals (laughs) (laughs) 
was about to say, like, I went to a retro horror and game and toy store with you. I know exactly what's going on. Um, that was a restrained day. That was a very restrained day. Like, I get it. It was for me, too. We're all we're all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have anything else on this one, man? I think we kind of covered our bases here. Well, I think there's we're, we're doing this a disservice, brother, if we don't discuss J.K. Simmons, a.k.a. Yeah. Professor Yells a Lot from Whiplash. Um, that, that's that's my tier one low-budget film, is like, I don't notice that that movie's oh. low-budget. I thought you meant if it seems like J.K. Simmons took it for fun. But <laughs> go on. <laughs> I bet he was having a blast with that movie. Oh, yeah. Man, J.K. Simmons, he was in it the right amount. He played a very interesting character that was played for like kind of classic comedy bits, yeah. but then also like some more heartfelt moments, and then also just like he, I would say he elevated the role for sure. Oh, I don't think time. you could have just put anyone in there. No, absolutely, and and his character was you know a, a really essential inclusion. I thought because it's first of all like. <laughs> He has someone to keep him company in there, technically, but that person hates him and sometimes hunts him for sport. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, he he adds to the existential conversation, right? Like, of, uh, of, uh, he's just like, it's always a good day here. Why are you, why are you out there, like, being debaucherous? Just go somewhere you like and try to enjoy it. You know, like, and he comes to yeah. terms with, like, because we, when we meet him, he's bitching about, like, married life and family life. And then he has, you know, something beautiful sitting in front of him his whole time. And once he got through all of that anger that he had about his situation, he was able to embrace, like, the simplicity and be happy, man. Like, and that's... Yeah. I don't know. It's something... It's an arc in my life right now, I would say, of coming to terms of, like, hey, you're 32 if something like super duper cool was going to happen with your life, it probably would have happened by now. It's you're probably just a normal guy. So kick back and be around the people you love and try to love that, you know, like dream smaller. Mm-hmm. That That's like, that's one of my like developmental tasks right now is to dream smaller. And I just, I really, I, I felt like he was a really good mentor figure for, uh, for Niles and by proxy Miles Teller me oh. yeah Miles Prowler uh- <laughs> <laughs> Niles Prowler yeah man so I don't know I guess that's it there's a lot of really funny stuff as we almost always say when we cover a comedy we don't want to just sit here and tell you the jokes from the movie go watch the movie uh, or listen to us talk about I think you should leave or a Nathan Fielder show and we will just tell you the jokes from it but that's because we right. can't help ourselves, not because we're reviewing it. <laughs> <laughs> it will be brought up. Those are just watch those for context for this podcast, honestly, yeah. and community. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a seminal work that you need to, for the foundation of our of our <laughs> podcast and to get our humor. Yeah, the supplemental uh, content that you need. <laughs> uh, all right, you ready to hit some gimmicks, there, my guy? Let's gimmick this, mofo, Greg. All right, we gotta. We actually have a new gimmick this week, Denny. It's called mm. the gimmick of the week. Denny, what is our gimmick of the week this the week? The too hot to handle moment is the gimmick of the week. Yeah. A moment that was just too hot to handle, but too cold to hold. This summer, it will all unfold, <laughs> and yes, that is lyrics from the roll credit song by Mr. Blue. 
recorded for Wet Hot American Summer soundtrack. Why do you ask? <laughs> Holy shit. Well done. Um, oh, man. Yeah, too hot to handle moment. Kind of open to interpretation. What did you uh, come up with, though? This one was hard to find for me. Um, I think I'll give a... I'll give a no, me too. I'll give a runner-up to uh, throwing beer cans in the pool like they were bullets in an action movie. Um, mm-hmm. Just the way that <laughs> shot was was very too hot to handle in my book. But I'm going to go for a dark horse uh, using Kate Bush cloud busting uh, before ah. she got that uh, John Cena push from Stranger Things to the top of the charts. Um, I I I was really I I like I hate being this person but i i've liked kate bush for some time now and i am uh, delighted uh. that everyone else also likes her now um and no you're uh, pissed no you i'm really it. not i love kate bush and i want everyone to love kate bush and uh Grr, metallica cloud busting yeah. when they were uh about to blow up the time vortex was pretty cool um and yeah i'm gonna go for uh getting in early on the kate bush hype or actually extremely late <laughs> yeah it's still <laughs> it's still 25 years i'm sure after that song came out so whatever yeah. <laughs> what about you uh mine was uh niles finding roy in his suburban home after he's had his kind of epiphany about life and roy hands niles a beer niles has been drinking the same brand of beer for the entire movie day after day after day after day and it's the only thing we see him drink not even water and roy hands niles a beer and it's a different brand and Niles just like cautiously like (laughs) smells it (laughs) is tangible change too hot to handle i would say buddy niles yeah yeah so that's that's mine i didn't even catch that that's great yeah all right denny what do you got for favorite lines my guy Oh, there's so many good ones that I want to... I'm going to limit my runners up just so I don't steal yours. Um, a problem we've had. Um, we like it, though. I'm going to go runner-up. Not a funny one, a serious one that I loved. Um, we kind of have no choice but to live, so your best bet is to figure out how to suffer existence. Um, put it on my tombstone. Love it, but um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the one that made me laugh the hardest. I am the Antichrist. Just kidding. There is no God. <laughs> Just like the context of the fake earthquake and all that was, was great. I've got about five other really funny lines I just wrote down for, for safekeeping. But go ahead, Greg. What's your favorite line? <laughs> for safekeeping. Just yeah. so I could look at it and make myself laugh again. Yep. Um, I've got a couple. Uh, shit. I don't know which one of these is my favorite. All right, uh, I'll pick one now. So one of my runners up is, wait, there's a bomb in the cake. It's okay. I used to be a bomb guy. <laughs> Very solid. Uh, I don't know who says this, but yeah, no, I've never really thought about the multiverse. And in this this era of everything being about a multiverse in alternate realities and shit it's nice to hear someone say i don't care about all that yeah pretty much uh my favorite one though again i don't really remember i think it's andy sandberg just like casually throwing it to somebody that's not in the time loop just saying see you tomorrow i love it i didn't even catch that 
I don't know when it was or where it was, but I wrote it down and I liked it. There were so, so many great lines. Um, as as is to be expected in a Lonely Island project. That's Greg, right. what's your Critiker score, buddy boy? Uh, like I said, it's very good, low budget. Some stuff I maybe had a couple issues with. I think it's, you know, a good, maybe not a great movie, but I still had a ton of fun. And I think it's really worth watching. I gave it a 30 out of 40. Nice. Fair rating. Um, I was a little more high on it than you were. Um, I will say something we didn't get into that, that took some points away is I felt that the ending was very, very, very abrupt for such a yeah. for such a well-done movie. They just kind of wrapped it, you know, like, and they even, you know, had to clean it up in the post-creds a little bit, right? Like, um, so I, it was on track to be an even higher rating, but this is still a good rating for me. I gave it a 41 out of 50. I do think it is a very strong movie, but it's, you know what, that's that's where I noticed the budget was it seemed like they ran out of money to keep making the movie, so they just <laughs> found a way to wrap it up really fast mm-hmm. is kind of how it felt. Yeah, yeah that, that's something I did notice too, was just like, we either got to end it right here or we've got to keep going like two more minutes in like a completely new location yeah and they went for right in the middle and i don't think that worked super great yeah yeah but it's fine solid right solid ratings across anyone. the board yeah and it was like it was a fun enough ending but like i feel like it was an ending for a movie that was less emotionally impactful you know <laughs> like that was an ending mm-hmm. for like uh hey we had some fun we played around with a sci-fi concept we'll see you later get out of here you crazy audience um and i was like you guys actually made a better movie than that that like made me feel things and made me laugh and made me cry and really endeared your characters to me and uh, i think they sold themselves short with that finish i really do yeah luckily we don't have to worry about that shit you know school anymore it's uh yeah Summer is cool, but now that we're out of school, it's like life is just one big endless summer. Right. And on that note, life is also one big seamless edit. Man, it really is. That was deep, Greg. Life is I'm, one big seamless edit. I'm actually super deep. Greg, save the Keanu voice. Save it. We're talking <laughs> we're, about a different We're going to get there. Don't play the best music first. <laughs> Don't play the hits yet. Save it for the encore. <laughs> Uh, all right, folks, we're back to talk about Endless Summer. Yep. This is a uh, classic movie and a poster that, if you were in college in the 90s or 2000s, that you've seen on somebody's wall. Uh, this is a 1966 documentary feature that Denny picked. You can watch this movie on Tubi, or if you have Amazon Prime, it's on Prime Video available to you. It seems like it's free just about everywhere, which makes sense because it's the epitome of indie. So... Denny, this is your pick. Describe the endless summer to um, us, please. Two surfer dudes and their surfer documentarian um, try to follow the season of summer around the world uh, so they can surf forever. Um, parts of that are really, really cool because they're going to places where people have never seen surfing or white people before. Coincidentally, those parts of the documentary are also pretty fucking racist um more on that later um there's really not much to say it's it's them going to different locations and surfing and all the locations are really cool 
Um, something that gives a lot of charm is there's uh, a very informal narrator um, just like uh, talking like he's making this for his buddies in high school to watch you know like at their high Mm -hmm. school film fest Uh, it's intercut with some info on uh, just like local surfers in the California area area uh, in the area Mm -hmm. Um, that's right hardly know her Um, but (laughs) um Dude, that's pretty much a summary of the movie. They go a bunch yeah. of places. They say they're going to surf at a bunch of beaches, and then they do it, and it's pretty neat. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the movie. What's your relationship with Endless Summer, Greg? Like I said, I've seen it on the walls of some dorm rooms, the poster for this movie, seen it on some t-shirts. I, I don't think I ever really knew anything about it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I think I knew it was a movie, and that's like as far as it went. You picked it last week, and you said it was a documentary. I was like, oh, interesting. And then they referenced this in Point Break, which we're going to talk about next. Yes. And, like, it all makes sense now, right? Yep. <laughs> but it's it, I was pretty eager to dive into a documentary from, what, 56 years ago? Yeah. So it, it was it was a really interesting look back that, you know, was a complete new thing to me entirely. Yeah. Um, when I was 16 years old at Christian Leadership Camp, they handed me a journal and told me to start writing my prayers in it. Um, and the front of that journal, for some reason, had this movie poster on it and said, Endless Summer. Um, and I wanted to see it ever since. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I'm sure they just, like, Googled, like, bulk summer journals you know <laughs> like yeah, and that's what journals. came up yeah um so I, I think i probably watched it finally for the first time in like 2016 with vanessa um the mm, the idea the 50th of the, anniversary oh shit mm. yeah that was on purpose um and for sure. uh, actually it was probably 2015 i don't know when i no it's 16 16 I come think. You're doing the old man storytelling thing again where we think the year is important. Back in my day, we just surfed in foreign countries and made remarks about people's Mm-mm. skin color. Was it 65 yeah. or was it 66? Um, <laughs> we watched no, the documentary. I, I, I immediately found it like powerfully soothing. Um, this soundtrack will like calm me down uh from like anxiety attacks it's a really really mellow soundtrack with just a lot of cool vibes um the beach has always been my like fantasy escape place uh i wish i lived in a beach town but like not a texas one because they fucking blow um Mm -hmm. but do you um, like dirty diapers and dead jellyfish come to (laughs) texas beaches come see the scenic shores of galveston with the do you like the smell of sulfur yeah (laughs) the only beach where you can see home depot from the water galveston (laughs) i lived i lived in galveston for a year yeah i am so sorry um, immediately after a hurricane too so oh, not a yeah. lot of highlights I'll, i go to galveston about once a year and i and i always have a pretty fun weekend but i don't usually miss it in between trips um <laughs> and honestly i do not go to the beach anymore when i'm there i just go eat a lot of good seafood and vibe in an airbnb with troy and ariel and vanessa so that's hey my that's, annual tradition um a good enough reason to go for me honestly yeah the sound um, of the ocean is awesome but yeah, like you were saying, the sound of the the soundtrack, just the waves crashing, like yeah. this is a vibes movie. Yeah, man, I watch movie it every quotes. two or three years, and 
honestly expect it to be a little bit better than it is every time because I just remember the vibes. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's not a bad movie, but it's it's not phenomenal either. But um, I've just always thought it was kind of neat to see like a documentary made in the '60s that's also very informal. You know, like they're they're really not doing the yeah. like, oh casual God. relationship between the the filmmakers and the audience at this point, and uh, that's just it's something I think is really neat about in the summer. And it's like you said, it feels like we're making it for our high school buddies mm-hmm. to just show them those the year that we've had, and it's you know it's got you know the '60s voice of like now we're going to go over here and we're going to learn about the beach surfing is an activity you can enjoy with your friends here's johnny he's surfing now like it has that that's just like the audio quality back then so you think you're gonna get that really weird teachery over explaining kind of tone but it's he's just like cracking jokes and being sarcastic and like doing impressions of like random bullshit that's happening while you know beach rock plays in the background you're like oh this this is fun it's nice right and he's like making inside jokes about the surfers he's covering it's like it's clear they're his buddies and that's why they're in the movie you know like he doesn't try to hide it at all um it's just soothing man it's a peaceful movie yeah a very peaceful movie it's yeah a 60s documentary like I guess we'll get into kind of what you were referencing earlier. People had a different mindset in the 60s, right, Denny? <laughs> yeah, and by different, Let's start we there. mean much more racist. <laughs> um, man, I just remember when they when they first got to Africa, as cool as it was to, like... Because they had raw footage of, like, people who had never seen a surfboard or a white person experience that for the first time, right? Um, Mm -hmm. and just like someone who looks different than them shows up and starts riding the fucking water and they're like so this is a pretty cool day you know (laughs) like um (laughs) and that's kind of neat and then you have like the documentary narration and i would like i remember feeling so relieved when they went to south africa because i was like oh my god just get them around some other white people so the racism can end like let's get them near white people so i don't have to hear any more candid references about chucking fucking spears like holy yeah. shit i don't even feel right yeah. repeating that right <laughs> like no Jesus. absolutely not yeah famous uh safe haven from racism south africa um <laughs> i just knew there would be white people there is what i'm saying okay like, yeah, yeah yeah this yeah. is gonna be a much more palatable movie if they're just only interacting with other white people they're they're not gonna say <laughs> as many upsetting things and i was right <laughs> a part of me was like because he is joking he's very sarcastic during the whole thing it's just like my modern brain is like he's saying this stuff as a bit he doesn't actually like it's it's weird that he's calling like black children in ghana the natives and like it, it just it comes off wrong but you're like oh it's just like oh here we are with the natives like the locals it just it feels innocent and it feels like a bit but i know that 56 years ago they would have just said it and meant it that way but his tone for the rest of the time is very sarcastic so it's kind of easy for that to kind of get blurred but knowing the time frame maybe not 
those aren't good jokes to make even if they are jokes you know like and right he's also like calling them natives and they're wearing fucking polo shorts and swimsuits or polo shirts and swimsuits you know like it's a fucking like, driving a, cars yeah it's a fucking fishing village like you know like it's like this isn't some like nomadic fucking tribe man like this mm-hmm. is they they're they're the locals right like they're they're the people who live there not the fucking natives right like even if they are native to that land it's like dude this is not like like they're they're, what what are you doing they're they like come on man literally just people yeah and (laughs) people would have been fine people would have been totally fine why not stick with people (laughs) just let's just stick with people It, it is it is interesting to call out stuff like we've got the sense that these these people in this village have never seen a white person before that makes Mm -hmm. sense there's no internet or anything you know film distribution to ghana in the 60s probably not a really a thing yeah like of course it would make sense that they had never seen a white person before but instead of like reveling in that fact we're just like all right on to the you know weird ass comments about that Mm -hmm. kind of thing but you know then a lot of talk about the waves how there was a sense of appreciation for like how these the people in that village specifically like knew the ocean how quick they were catching on to surfing on like walls that they were like tearing down from their own house they're like i want to try surfing and they're like holy shit they're getting it like they they are in tune with the ocean they're like you know they make their own ropes and nets by hand like there was an appreciate a sense of appreciation there i felt yeah just intercut with some off it didn't, like little it didn't come across as intentionally mean-spirited However, right it wasn't mean-spirited right yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um just because you didn't mean it though intention only gets you so far at a certain point we want good actions not just good intentions but why focus on that when we could focus on how um they got in their boat and started like racing them like just to flex you know like that looks fucking intimidating a bunch of dudes oh surfing God, the waves yeah. in a boat like that knew like what a, they a were two fucking ton doing. 10 man canoe that they carved Ooh. out of a tree by hand dude i would not want that thing coming at me you know <laughs> like they looked like <laughs> no. that was that was like Dude, they were swift. Like, they knew what they were doing out there. And Mm -hmm. they're just riding that on waves through the shallows as a, like, fuck you. You and your stupid little board. We'll (laughs) we'll show you how we do it around here. (laughs) You know? Like, it was awesome. (laughs) You think that's cool? We're going to do it on something 50 times bigger. And it it was pretty cool. That sequence was the only time we got, like, live audio in the whole movie. Um, They, they, like... Yeah. I, I assumed that, like, he just didn't have, like the equipment to record audio like just got video but like they showed like they they cut to uh to sound of 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 the locals reacting um Mm -hmm. and for some reason they just never do uh diegetic sound again for the rest of the for the rest of the dock i feel like there's maybe just like some splashes like that's it but yeah there was there was kind of like an expectation in the back of my mind that was just like okay we're gonna hear one of these people talk eventually right no yeah <laughs> it yeah. just it never happened yeah. and i was like it, it it's fine like we just continued with the same vibe for the whole length of the feature so i wasn't like mad about that it's just that was just an expectation i had that yeah. didn't really 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, lots of really informative information about surfing and lots of mm-hmm. really, really, really good shots um, of people surfing and learning to surf has always been on my bucket list and this watch of this movie uh, helped me realize I will never do it. <laughs> it's, it's, it wasn't it wasn't Point Break. This is the one that intimidated you. These two, well, Point Break helped me realize I hadn't really figured out what surfing was all about. Um, That's right. <laughs> I thought more was, on that later. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but it, it just gave me an appreciation for like, hey, man, this is not the kind of thing that you're gonna like go pick up in your fifties just to say you did. Like, it's actually already probably too late. <laughs> you know? Like, it's it's pretty hard to do. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, the, the only other real takeaway that I got out of this was it, it's just a fun time capsule of... I think there were, like, at least three beaches or three moments, like, three places that they go where they say like we're probably the first surfers to ever even see this beach Mm -hmm. like we're the first people Mm -hmm. to surf this break like these waves period more than likely and it's just kind of fascinating that in the span of 56 years like how much like how tapped is the well of unique first time human experience on earth like there's so few first time for anything anymore like with the growth of you know with of course the internet and everything just like how many people there are just global culture at large like there's no first time for almost anything anymore and it was really interesting to see something like this where it's just like this is clearly a beautiful beach we're gonna be the first people to surf here yeah like that there's no way that that's the case for anywhere else anymore (laughs) not just surfing but just like the first person to do x in this place that's that's not a thing anymore dude unless you get like so specific that it's not special yeah whereas like time capsule is the perfect word i would say what you said like it's just like that's what i love about this movie is like oh there's like a cool subreddit called uh the way we were where it's yeah i think i think i'd check that out every once in a while yeah yeah it's it's like non-posed photos of people just like living life in like the 40s 50s 60s what have you um Mm -hmm. and that's infinitely fascinating to me you know because like if you ask me like what's your view of the 40s i'd be like oh it's a bunch of people talking like this and wanting to go to the picture show and wondering mm-hmm. how they could get that new coat of wax on their car from biff tannen uh, or whatever you know like um world war ii yeah that was that. half of it yeah um casablanca <laughs> but, um but like that's not how people talked in the 40s that's not how they acted that's how they were specifically trained to behave on television and all right. we have is television you know like that's that's our only evidence that the 40s happened really you know yeah. um and it's fascinating to me but on that note this is what really confuses me greg this is what confuses Ooh. me they're in like all these places that have never been surfed showing surfboards to people who don't know what it is and no one's freaking out that this motherfucker has a camera 
Like, wouldn't wouldn't you be more fascinated with that than like a surfboard? They were immediately like, "Oh well, I'll just rip my house apart and stand well, on it." But no one cares that he has a camera. <laughs> I don't think they realize what it is because a surfboard is like you see this thing that's taller than me. I'm gonna take it into the ocean and do something with it. Mm -hmm. A camera is something the size of my head and. I can't show you what I'm doing with it yeah. yet. Fair. Until I develop this. So it's just like, I'm going to hold this up to my eye. It's going to make a bunch of clicking noises. And that means nothing to you. Yeah. That's that's what I would say. But it, I thought he would have a, like, a bunch more people like looking at him weird. Like, what the fuck are you holding? Yeah. Maybe I, he cut those out. I don't know. I, may, he was maybe, focused on the surfing. Yeah. We don't, and also he probably didn't film anything that wasn't a hundred percent essential, because um, I'd imagine that physical film was not plentiful at the locations he was shooting oh, at. Yeah. So he probably I packed enough for the trip only. <laughs> yeah, he probably didn't have yeah. a lot of fucking around shots. I would guess because those older cameras were <laughs> also harder to operate. You had to wind them up and stuff like that. And um, so I guess I didn't consider that. Maybe people did freak out, but like I'm just like. I feel like I'd be like, so I get that you guys can ride the water. Did aliens give you that device to, to help you control the waves? <laughs> like, what are you doing? You know, like that would be me. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a foreign shape. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I think he mentions at one point, like the, he rode this wave for so long that I couldn't film the entirety of it. Yeah. He's like, oh, that's another limitation too. <laughs> Yeah, I had I to shoot thirty-five solid seconds or whatever. I, I had to shoot a short for film school on a. I don't know if it was the cameras they used, but it was a really old camera. You first of all couldn't shoot longer than thirty seconds. That's the most you could wind the film up. Uh, mm -hmm. And man, let me tell you, I spent. I think I logged it. I think I spent thirty-six hours making a three-minute experimental film about chick-fil-a <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's a lot of work I, is what i'm trying to say i'm, I'm gonna need to see this I, yeah that's it's on, that's it's on youtube i'll show it to you please send me that link immediately i'll, I'll find immediately. it immediately it it's called my pleasure <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm just going to type that into Google real quick. Yeah, um, <laughs> type it into Google Images. Uh, or Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you uploaded it. How strange. Yeah. Yeah. We filmed it on a Sunday. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> you almost made me spit out my pudding. <laughs> what the fuck are you drinking pudding? Yes, I got a I got a taro boba slush with no boba and pudding instead, because I don't like the way that the boba sounds when I chew it when I record a podcast. I'm just gonna let that sit. What with people? <laughs> fucking what, Greg? You got something to fucking say? I appreciate that you don't like to drink soggy marbles, but I didn't say I don't like that. I said I don't like the way it sounds uh. when I listen to our podcast back. Moving on, um, I don't. I don't really have too much left to say about this one, man. This is a. It's. It's not that long. Like you said, you spent thirty six hours on a three minute movie. This is like an hour and a half, and I'm sure it took way longer to make. Yeah, it's crazy. Like how much effort this must have taken 
and then how much effort it doesn't seem like it took yeah because it literally like we were saying just i'm gonna hit record on my microphone and talk over this movie and play some music while i discuss what's happening well, I think more than anything, it's a road trip movie, right? Like, <laughs> like that's that's what it is. It's a college. Is road it canon trip in flight. that series? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, Tom Green uh, was a story <laughs> by for Endless Summer. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I will say, and this is the problem with this movie is that around the time they got to South Africa, I felt like the the novelty kind of wore off, and it's not that they're not getting cool footage anymore it's just like Mm -hmm. i need a little something more to happen than and then we went to another beach and we made some friends and then we surfed this really cool beach that no one ever surfs it was like okay by around the third time you've done that like not that it's not cool and if i lived it i would think it was the coolest shit ever but watching it you gotta give me a little more uh a little more pizzazz a little more something to care about you know and around the third or fourth time that we just like cut to California surfers, I was like, okay, like this is all really great footage and I'm vibing. And that's, that's what I love about the movie is, is that I vibe with it, but it just Mm -hmm. really, it really does kind of, at least from a narrative perspective, wear out its welcome, I would say. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think like the South Africa segment specifically is a, a little more engaging than you were saying because that's where like some of the more unique stuff happens yeah but like man they get to australia and i'm just kind of feeling the same as you i'm not done like i'm not completely out of it but i'm just like yeah okay i would i would like for some other shit to happen yeah well like it when they're in south africa they hit they have that perfect wave it's just like one of the most satisfying things seeing like this wave that is just like you know for like five minutes it's just literally the same thing going and going and going and they're just like standing on it like i'm going 100 miles an hour for free just standing here this is awesome yeah it's pretty rad um which brings me to my next point surfing is such a cool way to say fuck you nature (laughs) like (laughs) i'm riding you (laughs) it's such a mastery of nature um and there's literally no point to doing it other than you felt like it you know like there's no goal Mm -hmm. in surfing really except to find the perfect wave and you know to catch the ultimate ride you have to pay the ultimate price so there's that um i don't know man but that's that's the thing though that's not what this movie is about i'm telling you like if you want to watch endless summer roll up a seth rogan quality joint and just like hit that whole thing and just vibe with this to a little bit of like the soundtrack i listen to it all the time man i really do i love the soundtrack to this movie that's awesome yeah yeah that that is the exact vibe they're going for and hey nailed it whatever yep well, Greg, are you ready for gimmicks? I'm about ready for gimmicks. I sure am. Cool. I gotta save some of my uh, speaking energy for our next film, so let's get into the do. gimmicks here. <laughs> what is you your uh, What is your too hot to handle moment? Uh, I wanted to. I had to because I I really wanted to give it to the Cobra Wrangler that was just like gonna give these guys a ride 
Yeah, that guy was, was awesome. Like, Holy shit. He's just like, he's just, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll put, I'll take two weeks out of my life to drive you guys 2,000 miles to this fucking beach on a whim, like, with my son or whatever. Like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm the world's best cobra wrangler, and I capture animals for the zoos. Yeah. It just, like, happened upon this gentleman. Hitching a that's, ride, that's, man. I wish we had an interview with him, but I got to go with just like some visual difference. I I forget. I think they were in Australia or Hawaii where there's like there's waves that come in towards the beach and then there's waves that head out back into the ocean Mm -hmm. and they're like trying to time their surfing to where the two the in and the out waves like hit each other mm-hmm. and they're like riding one of those waves and like jumping off their surfboard and just launching into the fucking air i thought that was so cool so that's my too hot to handle moment is when they're like launching into the air off waves crashing into each other super rad it was cool um i will give it to a runner-up to them thinking that one U.S. dollar was insanely expensive for a cup of coffee. A gallon of gas. Oh, and a gallon of gas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that, <laughs> and a that, cup of coffee. That coffee was certainly too hot for them to handle um, for, ah. for the price of one U.S. dollar. Um, but I'm just going to give it to something we already talked about. It's that wild-ass extended pipeline ride. Like, holy shit. That was... Mm-hmm. That was that was there's a whole movie called point break about searching for something like that and they actually found mm-hmm. it about uh, uh nearly 30 years before point break was made so <laughs> derivative yep yeah um, but gary Busey wasn't there so not well yeah cool. so it doesn't count we all know that it only counts if Busey is there um right it only counts if you see a Busey. <laughs> so has someone buseyed your gary would you like us to assign someone to Busey your Gary? Uh, <laughs> um, that was last week. Come on. What's your favorite line, Greg? Uh, it was. It's hard to pick uh, a best line from this. Um, my runner-up is they repeated this a bunch of times. Where and then he said to us, "What do they all say to us? You missed it. You should have been here yesterday." I really liked it. Everyone, nice. everyone they talked to saying like the waves were better yesterday. Oh like, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Like six beaches in a row, someone tells him that. Like, okay, great. That seems like such like local talk, you know, like such like mm-hmm. oh, you think this is cool? Hey, you should have seen it yesterday, brother. <laughs> Let me tell you. And I, I, th- I think they were all in Australia too. But my winner is a line of text at the very end as we fade to black as the movie ends, and I feel like this might be yours. Special thanks to the old King Neptune for providing the waves in this film. I have seen this movie three times and never noticed that. Um, and I love that. <laughs> That's amazing. You didn't notice? I didn't notice it's like, it. It's the last thing you see before it fades to black and ends. Yeah. Well, It's like a big thing of text that says that. It's super awesome. That's amazing, and it's probably I probably don't see it because I'm so caught up in how good I feel about the line that is said right before credits roll. My favorite line. Oh, um, yeah. My favorite line is because um, it just it sums up this whole movie like he's turning in a book report. He ends it with, "This is Bruce Brown. Thank you for watching. I hope you enjoyed my film." There's just something so charming yeah. about that. Like, can you imagine if like. Um, I don't know, E.T. ended with, like, 
This is Steven Spielberg. I hope you all had a good time, and it means a lot to me that you watched my movie. Like, you know, like that's there's just something so so heartwarming about that to me. It has serious like um, wholesome sixty year old YouTuber vibes. Yes, right? like, yes, yeah. It, it it really comes across like thank you guys for watching my video. I hope you learned something today. It was really nice being able to speak to each and every one of you. And it's like a video with seven views from like some grandpa telling us about how to like, you know, carve this and that out of this and that kind of wood. Yeah. It's just wholesome and pleasant. Like it had that vibe to it. So yeah. good pick. Your impression is uh, Mr. Rogers mixed with the creepy old guy from Family Guy. And it works really well. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> a dash of wholesomeness all right man uh what was your criticer score for endless summer um i believe i gave it a 35 out of 50 um which is uh again as a music video it's like a 50 out of 50 you know like <laughs> but like <laughs> nice as as a documentary i have to take it down a little bit um this is still like there, there's there's lots of movies that i absolutely love that i rate in the 30s and uh this is one of them 35 out of 50 all right what about Pretty you good uh yeah 55 year old sarcasm has its hits and its misses it's overall very enjoyable but yeah i don't maybe i'll watch it again in like two or three years I, it's it's like i don't want to say i'll never see it again but like i don't really look forward to that necessarily yeah. but i think it was pretty good it was a good vibe a good time i gave it a 27 out of 40 yeah fair enough because like that's the thing in terms of like a documentary it's really not a good documentary like it's really not mm -hmm. it's a very if anything it's like a a waste of like a documentary over something really awesome that they did um <laughs> like it really is like a pretty poorly done doc um and yet that's the whole appeal right like and it's yeah. also i love it because it's such a unique movie I can't think of anything else like this from the time period that it's in. Like it's like a it's a truly one of a kind documentary. And that's what I love about it. But if you ask me to talk like objectively about its filmmaking merits, I'll probably be a little more harsh. Yeah, you got me there, right? You know, but I but I love mm -hmm. the movie. I really do like Endless Summer a lot. Yeah. True summer vibes. Yep. All right, Denny, pop up. Nope. Do less. Get back down. All right, pop up. Nope, less. You're still doing too much. Back down. All right, pop up. Nope. All right, too much. Back down. Back down. All right, do nothing. Don't do anything at all. All right, pop up. All right, well, well, well now you're just seamless editing. <laughs> I, that, that had to be a reference to Point Break, right? Like, that had to be a reference. I mean, kind of. It's definitely a forgetting Sarah Marshall reference. No, but I meant like I meant uh, I meant that when, part in forgetting Sarah Marshall. When they has do to it in forgetting Sarah break. Marshall, had to be Point Break. <laughs> I think so. Like, how could that's you not Kinu compare those surfing. two scenes? Like, how could it's, you not? It is now my head canon that Paul Rudd's character in forgetting Sarah Marshall learned surfing from watching Point Break. <laughs> he definitely has like 
a poor understanding of Bodhi's mentality. (laughs) (laughs) That so so works. (laughs) Oh shit, man. That's how I gotta live my life. (laughs) It's like uh, everybody else watched Fight Club and thought Tyler Durden was the hero. Uh, Kunu watched Point Break and thought Bodhi had it all figured out. (laughs) Misunderstood Point Break. He misunderstood the point. (laughs) He misunderstood the point. Break. Speaking speaking of Point Break. Oh, we're back, folks. We've got to talk about the 1991 classic. Point Break, which I'm sure we all thought actually came out in the 80s, including me, yeah. but it was actually a 1991 film that you can watch on HBO Max. You can watch this one, and you can watch the 2015 remake, but why would you? Uh, I've heard zero good things. Why remake perfection is what I would want to know. Well, because you want a grittier, Ugh. less fun, less interesting... Oh. Less engaging. Thanks a lot, Schlock of Nolan. boredom. You yeah, shit with your fucking Dark Knight that ruined cinema. <laughs> what if we Dark Knighted Point Break? All right, we. <laughs> it's like Batman, but like in a way that could like really happen, which is like cool. Yeah, it was mm. cool when Christopher Nolan did it once. <laughs> it was cool, guys. It was really, really cool. All the way through Batman Begins, Iron Man, and The Dark Knight. And guess what? Immediately after that, it stopped being cool. Rose tip my fucking world when you're making a movie. I don't want to fucking see reality, you fucking hacks. But we're not here to talk about the MCU. We're talking about the Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze, classic film, Point Break. Denny, this was the audience pick. Yes. The people have spoken for Hotter Boy Summer... Could you please tell us about Point Break? Well, and I also wanted to say, I believe it is the most unanimously, like, most popularly elected movie in the history of our polls. I think, uh... I think so. I think, like, seriously, it was, like, 19 out of 21 voters voted for Point Break. I thought we had more voters than that, but yeah, like, you, you go to the poll and you can pick three selections and for most of the time it was like everybody that voted voted for point break <laughs> and, yeah um i'm about to some pull good it movies up so lost out the accurate the accurate figures some good movies lost out but point break was the winner it makes sense everyone was like i love this movie but also i really like point break yeah i think this has a special place in a lot of people's hearts well and I, that I showed think... through the voting I think that's kind of uh, that's kind of the benefit of doing ranked choice voting, you know, like because it's like, hey, this was in almost everyone's top three. Um, we had mm-hmm. twenty four votes and twenty two people voted for Point Break. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we've had that unanimous of a consensus in the history of of audience polls on this podcast. So <laughs> that says a lot that's, about this movie. That's a very high percentage. Yeah. Um... Summary. This is a yeah. This is a dude's rock movie with a female director. I was gonna say we could have done it for either of our last two episodes, (laughs) depending on which which we wanted to focus on. Yeah, like the filmmaking or the characters themselves. We could have put it in either one of the chicks rock or dudes rock episodes. But yeah, go ahead. Um. So Point Break is a movie 
Um, where? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is an ace detective, straight out of Quantico on his first job on the FBI, partnered with elderly curmudgeon Gary Busey. Um, and believe me, their names are Keanu Reeves and Gary Busey in this movie because that's all you can see when you look at them. Um, no, I, I, I get. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I I see Johnny Utah because that name is so goddamn American. See, I see Johnny for a mnemonic. guy from for a guy from Ohio, Johnny Mnemonic. Wow, nice. Have you seen that? I didn't know if you'd get the reference. <laughs> uh, I do. I I do know what it is. I don't oh, we've really got we've got to cover it one day. We've got to do for like movies for when it seems like this ripped off the matrix but actually the matrix ripped off this i don't know how we're gonna sneak that Ooh. in <laughs> all right continue with our friends Busey and reeves um so we've got a classic buddy cop premise but get this all these bank robberies just a working theory here people just a theory can't confirm it but we're good detectives I gotta think the bank robberies were committed by surfers, says Gary Busey, based on tan lines uh, on their butts. <laughs> Just ace detective work right there. I think there's a whole <laughs> Batman detective comics based on that fucking premise. Um, it's kind of like, you know, the Batman really got back to the detective roots of the character and did like a procedural crime. Um, and it turns out the Joker and his gang of surfers were actually dressing up as Ronald Reagan. Um, so we have uh, a, a theory that surfers are committing the bank robberies. And uh, our dear friend Johnny Utah, he's got to go under deep cover to infiltrate the surfers and get laid a lot. Um, and uh, you, you, you start to think, just when you think you got it all figured out, that it's the mean, nasty surfers. We find out it wasn't them, and there's heartbreak when they did the busted the wrong house trope and ruined another investigation because we got cocky. We got overconfident. Um, next thing you know, we're putting two and two together based on absolutely nothing that it was actually the group of nice surfers. We've got, like, Gary Busey says, like, they're ghosts. They disappear. You'll know them when you see them. And then Johnny Utah's like, wait a minute. Those guys rode the waves like ghosts they fucking did it um, <laughs> um the crazy part is he was right as we find out uh when we're so close to getting two meatball subs so fucking close to gary Busey getting his subs um we find out that it actually is uh hippie ass patrick swayze becoming one with the ocean and robbing banks to fight the system uh, by the way, total babyface. He's the hero of this movie. Um, trust me, I'm Kunu from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Uh, but, um, <laughs> then uh, we we try to bust them, but it turns out that they they're one step ahead of us. And uh, next thing you know, we're going skydiving with uh, <laughs> Johnny Utah and Bodie. Um, and then we find out that uh, Bodie is actually kidnapped. Johnny Utah's girlfriend, who is the star of a movie I tried to convince Greg to watch last week. And of course, you know I'm talking about the iconic Lori Petty in Tank Girl, which I have tried to convince Greg and my oh. wife to watch with me, and no one will watch it with me. Um, 
We didn't say no. Yeah. Um, I'll watch it. I'm, I'm interested. No one, no one ever says no, but no one ever says yes to watching Tank Girl with me, and that's the problem. Um, and it's on Amazon. It's been on Amazon for a while. It feels too good to watch alone, but I can't get anybody finish, to watch it with me. Um, finish the summary. <laughs> long story short, we go skydiving. We find out that, um, that Tank Girl has been kidnapped. And, we can um, call her Tank Girl if you we're want gonna to. We're going to call her Tank Girl. Um, that works. I assume she was a kind of big star that I didn't recognize. She's not. She's in Tank Girl. Um, <laughs> but, um, so then we're 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 Johnny Utah has to join the surfer gang and rob a bank, and there's this kind of cool thing where Bodie's trying to free uh, free Johnny Utah's spirit from the clutches of the FBI. And it doesn't quite work because he got in a little over his head. We got another skydiving scene. Uh, even better than the first, if you ask me. And uh, then we get uh, Bodie riding away in the Jeep. Uh, Tank Girl is set free. Uh, and uh, Gary Busey is dead, ladies and gentlemen. He's dead. He's been killed. Um, and uh, then, for some reason, we just cut to <laughs> like three or four months later, I'm assuming... And uh, Johnny Utah busts Bodie on the on the beach, and is like, "I'm gonna take you to jail." And he's like, "You gotta let me ride one big wave." And he goes out to ride the wave, and he dies free. And then Johnny Utah chucks his FBI badge into a puddle, and it's clear that uh, even though Bodie is dead, uh, Johnny Utah's spirit has been freed, and he's been impacted by him. Uh, I might die on the hill that Bodie is a babyface in this movie um and that's 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 point break that's point break the movie ladies and gentlemen that's the synopsis um greg well what's done. your relationship with point break uh i think i watched it for the first time early on in college with some friends i mean this came out the year after i was born i still never got around to it till i guess like 2010 or something so yeah and I watched it the other night, and this was another moment of. This is another moment for my wife of, oh no, I married my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Where I, I think she's seen this a bajillion times. Someone that grew up on the beach. So, mm. Point Break is a big hit in the in laws' family. So, as it should be. As it should be. Um, I had never seen this movie before this week. This was a first-time watch. Um, wow. It almost made my list, my annual movie list, like three years in a row, but it never quite made the cut as Vanessa and I were narrowing it down. And uh, it really should have. Uh, this is a this is a special flick. I, 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 I was perplexed by this movie. I posted on the Movies for Win social media... Is Point Break excellent or terrible? I know for a fact it's not mediocre. Like, there's no way this is a mediocre movie. I can't mm -hmm. figure out if it's, like, absolutely amazing or a pile of horse shit. Um, it's, and I, I do mean figure out, because I do believe there's an answer, and I think we're going to get into it in, in, this, in this segment. Um, it is such a unique movie where... If you break down all of the parts, like everything I just described to you, it should be a really bad movie. And yet, I was amazed at how much I cared for this whole story. 
like when they were like the first raid i was on the edge of my seat being like i swear to god if gary Busey doesn't get out of here alive i'm gonna lose my shit and cry like i just wanted him to live so bad they got me so invested in these characters man um did you have a similar experience where are you at with point break because i am i'm just mesmerized by this movie i think the first time i saw it i was definitely on the side of like oh this is just corny 80s 90s action kind of shit mm -hmm. very funny lines very funny delivery very cheesy but also with like really solid action scenes and then watching it this yes. time i was feeling the same kind of stuff but then like gary Busey's character gets shot i was like i forgot that that had happened and i was like oh shit no i don't want that i don't like this no <laughs> not gary ah <sighs> Like, I felt a little more emotionally connected to it, and I don't really know why. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to break down... Oh, it's such a... It's such a long... A long... Uh, a long post. I'm not going to read it verbatim. I thought about it, but... One of the responses I got was from one of my counseling professors who uh, actually worked in the TV industry in a past life, and I talk about mm -hmm. movies with him a lot. But he just, he had such a good take on this movie and why it's so unique. Because it's like, it, it's a movie that happened in a transitional period of time. It is a very 80s movie with 90s mm. stars. And the plot of like a TV episode of a 70s buddy cop movie. Or, 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 or a 70s buddy cop show. Like a Starsky and Hutch or a Miami Vice type of thing. Um, yeah like it's it's so weird in that sense and you know like go on our social media on the facebook post and read uh, uh dr michael lehman's comments on it because i think they're just very astute um but a, a shorter one that came from i believe zach lucia paul is simply camp masterpiece and i think that's how you've got to describe this movie definitely campy definitely corny and just nailed it just absolutely mm -hmm. nailed it um in in every way that you could with with a movie like this and it, it it should be a lot worse than it is but it's not bad it's really good and it's just like it's fucking stupid the whole way through and it just works on a higher level for reasons i can't really explain yeah. that that's the thing it's like it's so hard to pick if it's good or bad because it does fall into like the stupid tropes like stuff we were just like ah this is just dumb mindless action that i love but somehow i'm still like engaged with it the whole time so yeah. there's got to be something else going on here right it can't just be like mindless schlock that like you know it just so happens that some stars are in the movie no like i'm really caring about this stuff and i'm yeah. not just watching it for the actors i like and the mindless action of it all like there's something else connecting me to this movie it's it's tricky yeah it's tricky i'm glad you're asking these questions well and i think what works is it's just it's i think it's right in our faces they did simple things very well they just plain mm -hmm. and simple got me to care about these characters and what they're doing the end you know like you can make your story as stupid and madcap as you want but if the humans in it are people i feel emotionally connected to it's gonna work 
it's gonna work and i felt emotionally connected to tank girl to uh bill and ted's excellent adventure guy to the ginger dead man and to uh the dirty dancing guy i felt connected Mm -hmm. to all of them man um I, I just I cared nice. about what happened to them, and because of that, it's it works. You can do two skydiving scenes in less than thirty minutes, and it will work because <laughs> I cared. They made me care, and that's what works about Point Break. You you think the first skydiving scene is like an epic finale of sorts, <laughs> yes! and then they they just go straight back into the sky and do it again, but this time someone doesn't have a parachute. <laughs> Oh man! Well, and that's that's like the cool tension of the first one is you assume one of the parachutes doesn't work, um, and then they all work, and then you find out that wasn't the trap, that was to disorient Johnny Utah, um, mm-hmm. you know, like that was. Um, it's so good! It's so fucking good! I'm raising my critical yeah. score. I'm gonna raise it when we get into scores. I'm bumping it up. By all means, sir. I'm gonna please do. do. I'm gonna do it. I love this movie. I'm 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 infatuated with Swayze's performance in this. He's he comes across so natural in it. It's yeah. he's killing it. And I swear, if you close your eyes, Swayze sounds a lot like Bill Hader every once in a while. <laughs> oh shit! I can totally see that. You just you just think of you just hear the voice and you think of Bill Bill Hader saying these lines and you're just like, huh. Hmm. This is an episode of Barry, I guess. Yeah. Oh, this would totally happen on an episode of Barry, by the way. Or a whole <laughs> season of Barry. I could yeah. absolutely see this happening. Yeah, I bet Barry's just firing his gun up in the air and going, ah. Have you ever fired <laughs> oh. your gun up in the air and gone, ah? That was so fucking great. Just, just like, he just couldn't do We've it. All s- he connected we've all to seen, Bodhi. We've all seen Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, that's the thing is like Swayze was cast against type, and also so was Keanu. Like Swayze is your like lawful good heartthrob. That's what he always is. Um, just a mm-hmm. hunky boy, and now he's playing like uh, a chaotic evil, you know, like or a chaotic neutral or something. And then you've got Keanu, which you got to keep in mind, right? Like. We know Keanu did The Matrix and John Wick and Always Be My Maybe, uh, or as I like to call it, well-adjusted right. rich Asians. Um, but <laughs> um, but um, you got to realize in 1991, people knew him from Bill and Ted. And that's like it, you know, like, and then you've got him playing a fucking straight-faced like lawful good cia agent like or fbi agent like this was jarring for people the way they can and then like the most jarring thing of all is that i'm fucking giving a shit about gary Busey over here you know like and he actually has a good performance and i'm telling you like i don't like to make gary i don't like to make fun of gary Busey post-traumatic brain injury i i really don't think it's okay and i don't know why the world accepts it but like even pre-tbi Gary Busey was a weird guy that did weird stuff on film. You know, like, you, like mm-hmm. have you seen Predator 2? Uh, like, <laughs> you know, like um, I'm convinced that he thought it was really happening, you know? Um, but, like, I, I've i never cared so much about Mr. Busey. I've never, like, I, I really invested in his, like, grizzled cop who, like, 
likes to pretend he doesn't care but actually cares laziest fucking tropes in the goddamn book and here mm-hmm. i am caring because they did something right and i'm gonna chalk it up to a female director giving it a different set of eyes on these like boring old tropes that's that's gotta be what it is right that's gotta be yeah. what it is the female gaze is heavy here and i'm i'm all for it yeah dude whatever we love it we love hunky boys on this podcast we're big fans that's right uh how does the skydiving in this movie compare to the scene in the opening of the power rangers movie um you know i've got to say i feel i want to say they walked so that power rangers could run but the reality is they sprinted an entire marathon so power rangers could crawl and fall over uh, <laughs> they did some flips <laughs> no but like this was skydiving some fight, some that made CGI you feel they made you feel in the skydiving man this is emotional skydiving yes. I, I did like it's it is incredibly impressive the scene where you know skydiving without a parachute clearly that's somebody a stunt double whatever like jumping out of a plane without a parachute yeah that's incredible but then you've got this <laughs> he's doing that but he's got this yosemite sam fucking revolver in his hand <laughs> can we talk about keanu running with that gun and like there's more than once where he's like trying to run while trying to tuck that yosemite sam revolver into his jeans and he just looks like a fucking dipshit while he does it <laughs> so fucking lame <laughs> it's so funny like the chase scenes are like very well done and very engaging and then also intercut with some silly shit like there there has to be a mythbusters episode on this i haven't seen where swayze uses the gas pump as a flamethrower i'm just like i don't know if you can do that but I haven't tried it. I, I think it's. <laughs> but I haven't seen the episode of MythBusters, so you, maybe you can. They didn't need to bust it because they proved that it worked in Zoolander. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's just a fact. We already know that works. <laughs> it's in two movies. It's <laughs> so fucking it's how cool what he was doing. That man, that was so fucking cool. <laughs> that's the thing. Like it's it's ridiculous, and you're like, oh, okay, and then you're always like, shit, that's kind of cool. <laughs> Again, Zach Lucia Paul said it. Camp masterpiece. Camp masterpiece. Oh, oh man. Oh. I haven't even opened my notes. This is just free form. I only do this for like whiplash. This is a special movie. I I I've been going through my notes just to kind of push you along through guide. I'm just introducing <laughs> things and letting you run free. Please. Letting you write. I'm. I'm creating waves for you to surf on, so this is this is a good flow. Um, you're really feeling me, man. Thanks. I I found it weird that it seems like all of our characters are surfing and partying literally 24/7. Yeah. Meet me at the beach at 6 a.m. We're gonna be surfing until 5 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> These people do not sleep, and it's it's very strange. Well, you take a break from surfing to play your sunset game of beach football. Um, like that's just, and then you say, "Eat your heart out, Tom Cruise." Like, 
<laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, did you notice one of the weirdest fucking things I've seen in my life was when Tank Girl is changing clothes underneath a towel, and then for like mm-hmm. her final trick, like a goddamn magician, she like fits an entire beach towel in her shorts while she's wearing them. Did you notice that? It was like a a magic show. I don't think I did. It was the weirdest thing. It was was weirder than a flamethrower gas pump. I think I was distracted by Johnny Utah watching her undress with binoculars. So (laughs) He's a pervy bastard. He's a pervy bastard in this one. Oh, man. I, I... Minor nitpick, man. We had a scene where we're raiding the house with the Nazis in it, right? Yeah. And Keanu Reeves is like, no, don't go in there. They got a bunch of guns. And they cannot hear his radio over the neighbor mowing his lawn. So the walkie-talkie doesn't work because the lawnmower is too loud. Oh, my God. They got use out of their lawnmower budget. You don't introduce a lawnmower unless you're going to use it for, like, 40 plot points. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Peter Jackson would like to affirm that. Uh, <laughs> and then we're in the airplane in our second skydiving scene. And we're with a two, like a twin-engine propeller plane with a door open mid-flight. We're making calls on the walkie-talkie. Mm-hmm. And that person can use the walkie-talkie? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. The pilot of the plane even describes the flight as feeling like he's on a lawnmower. <laughs> I was making the note, and the pilot mentioned that he's like, this lawnmower, I, it's like I'm a lawnmower cutting too much grass right now at this altitude or whatever. I was like, you're throwing it in my fucking face. I have to say something. <laughs> <laughs> The stuff that irks me. <laughs> they were so proud that they could afford a lawnmower for this movie. <laughs> like, they were so proud of their lawnmower budget. <laughs> they, used, they got so much mileage out of that thing. I would have thought they were sponsored. Like they, they, <laughs> Brought to you by Toro. Good people at Toro. By big landscaping. They, <laughs> don't buy into the lies told to you by big landscaping. <laughs> These are actually really dangerous. Uh, yeah, it, that scene was shot like a Saw movie for sure. Yeah. Oh, dude, that was scary too. Like, I it was, was scary. You're watching it like fully knowing. I'm pretty sure the protagonist is not about to get his head chopped up by a lawnmower, and yet you believe it, and that's the <laughs> we're, magic of we're the 50. movie. <laughs> that's movie magic. <laughs> Believing 50 minutes in that we're gonna kill a protagonist. <laughs> That's movie magic. <laughs> Dude, oh man. Do you remember in that in that scene someone throws a live pit bull at Johnny Utah and he God, catches yeah. it and punts it. Do yes, you, I do. Do you dock a point a for punting a dog? What's your note? My note says deducting points for the punting of an innocent dog. <laughs> verbatim that's my note why did he need to punt it why did that need to happen because he was a football player <laughs> that it's it's a pit bull he's not but even it's a like kicker. he's a quarterback even i know that 
I'm sure he kicked it in practice a little, but like it's <sighs> it's a pit bull, sure, and I don't want to perpetuate the stereotype of pit bulls pit being bulls a dangerous cool. breed, but it like it was thrown at him by his <laughs> way running away. Just shot at him. It wasn't attacking him. It was thrown at him. He was like, "Oh, scary dog!" <laughs> Punt <laughs> instead of just like chucking it to his side. He drops it out of his instead of dropping punts. it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do the noise. <laughs> Don't do the noise. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm glad you brought that up because I did. I didn't know how to bring that up. I was going to bring it up when we were going to doing scores, so I'm glad you mentioned it. Oh my god! Um, uh, blink and you miss it, but yeah, it's some bullshit. It snuck it right in there. Um, do you think when they said that Bodie had lunch at Patrick's Roadhouse that that was a reference? <gasps> I thought so. I caught that. I was like, it had hmm. to be. Mm. It had to be. Not, not steakhouse, not grill, roadhouse. roadhouse. <laughs> we did that on purpose. <laughs> oh man, what what a charming film, Greg. What a charming film. Charming um, is a good word for it. Yeah, for sure. Do you think that? Do you remember when Tank Girl and Matrix Guy are kissing on the surfboards, and we do uh, right. We do a Jaws shot from underneath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do. I do remember that. Does that, that yeah. imply that there was a fifty-foot-long great white shark perving on them, just watching? It's a, it's a rare cameo from our friend Jaws. Jaws, the animatronic shark, was an, an uncredited role in this movie. <laughs> special uncredited guest appearance. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> Do you remember like I want to go back to his like him putting the pieces together in ways that like absolutely rival oh, Dustin God. from Stranger Things 4 just randomly figuring shit out all the time with no stimuli. I haven't seen it, but I I know what you're talking about. All he knows is that these are like very zen surfers who are one with the ocean and he's like, "Wait a minute." They're really good friends. My God, they did the bank robberies. <laughs> that guy, that guy just showed his ass. <laughs> Wait a second. I know that filthy ass from security footage, CCTV footage from a bank. I'd recognize that ass anywhere. I saw it for five <laughs> seconds a month ago. <laughs> Before someone else came and shut the TV off in front of my face. <laughs> How awesome was Gary Busey in surfer garb trying to blend in? God, that was just charming. Again, charming. What a charming film. Charming. And I, I love, like, the, oh, oh, did you guys see some kid ran by here? He stole my radio. <laughs> I thought he was very funny. His go-to is always, uh, uh, um, I'm looking for my dog. That's his go-to cover for why he's wandering around places. I love it. Well, when it stops working, he'll let us know, yeah. right? He'll switch it up once it stops being affected. <laughs> it does keep working. I will give his cover that. Um, get two. Get two dogs. Get two lost dogs. 
This movie's so great, <laughs> What the man. fuck? It's so great. <sighs> Ginger. Ginger surf, man. I, I could listen to Patrick Swayze wax poetic about the true purpose of surfing forever, man. Like, all of his yeah. monologues where he's talking about, like, what this is all about. Chef's kiss. They're so good. I just... Based on you saying that, I can see the scene now where he's telling you all that, and every cut back to you has a new piece of like wetsuit and garb, and then now there's a surfboard <laughs> as you're like honed in on his conversation. Oh, I'm just becoming one with the ocean, man. Uh, and I'm ready to get in a surfboard fight with someone. Um, my, my tribal tattoo in the next cut, yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to be a Zen surfer. Lived for endless summer. <laughs> Land sharks at the bar by the beach. Put entire towels in my shorts. I used to be a piece of shit. <laughs> Let the boy ride the wave. Um, my, my one big note for this movie was this. I think it would have been a better ending for all of the like moral ambiguity that they introduced into this which was like the strength of the movie i thought right mm -hmm. um i think that if we release tank girl and patrick swayze just rides off into the sunset and never gets caught that's a better movie as much as i mm -hmm. loved the beach fight in the final scene and keanu <clears throat> chunking his his fbi badge into the water I think it's a better movie if we just leave it a little ambiguous. Like, the goodish bad guy got away. He did what he had to do, but he's not a bad guy. Um, he's not quite a good guy either, right? Like, you know, that's what I loved about the villain. He's not pure evil. He's not pure good. I would have liked it better if we just left it as it was before that final scene. And that final scene reads as like a... And I have no idea if this is true, but it reads as a, like, uh, test audiences didn't understand it, so we had to make it a little more clear, you know? Like, that that's how mm -hmm. it plays to me. What are your thoughts? Maybe so, but the, he did mention, like, he was specifically looking for this beach in this year because he believes in the mid-century storm that's going to, like, make a tsunami wave sure, happen at yeah. Bell Beach in Australia. Mm. And I think they went to that beach in Endless Summer, too, if Probably, I'm not mistaken. yeah. I think they mentioned the name of that beach. Um, a little more ambiguity would have gone a long way. I don't feel as strongly about the ending being like a like a mark against the movie the same way I do with Palm Springs, honestly. Mm. I just my only problem with the ending scene is like I think it is a good emotional moment, just like you know, handcuffed together, like just let me ride this one last wave you'll never see me again yeah and he lets him go and he goes to the top of the wave and falls off and dies yeah. like he doesn't ride the fucking wave <laughs> yeah, he, he just, just destroyed <laughs> by it yeah he just kind of goes up it a little and he's like oh shit and then they're like well that was the last of him <laughs> I, <laughs> fuck I, man he could have like rode it for three seconds at least i think somewhere in this movie's production they realized uh well, we can't really, in real life, kill Patrick Swayze. 
Um, so we're not going to get a very good shot of his stunt double dying <laughs> by standing up on this. So let's just have him go out and swim around a little bit. <laughs> it's just, there's one major weird thing to me is the final bank robbery scene mm -hmm. where Bodhi is telling all his friends, like, actually, go into the vault this time. Why we're did gonna he spend do that? Like, we're going to spend like five minutes here. It's like what it wasn't communicated to his team and it was a severe detriment in every conceivable way which like these guys that were built up as like professionals and super careful and detail oriented this is the one time we're going to break all of our own rules to make a point i guess to no one of? right like it, it just didn't seem to really matter like why would he do that it, it was really weird and just like at that point, like, the the other surfers, the other ex-presidents, right? They're getting clipped one by one, and I'm just like, man, I don't really feel like I know any of these guys. Yeah. Like, I feel like I know, I'm, I'm familiar with them, but I don't know shit about them. Like, I know they all have names, but I couldn't, gun to my head, I couldn't tell you which one was Roach, which one was uh slice which one was toaster and which one was garbanzo bean i don't know their names well and, and they literally have to explain it in the hostage situation where he's like this is the thing about roach he's like a machine yeah he follows orders unless i give him a different order he won't do anything different and i was like you could have established that <laughs> you know like yeah. instead of just like explaining it out of nowhere right <laughs> like i i would have traded a scene where either maybe like one or two of we have a conversation with one or two of the other surfer guys trade one of those in and sub out dr cox yelling at our <laughs> we fbi agents talked about how this movie had to be his audition for scrubs <laughs> like how good was it to hear him go on r-rated intern rants on all the new like he's literally just like berating interns like it's scrubs except like it's not for tv so he could say this is the most fucked up shit it's so fucking great it's so awesome i expected him to call keanu like a girl's name and prescribe him two testicles like so take these good. balls nancy yeah uh <laughs> of course you have a good dr cox i don't know why that surprises me but of course you do that was my normal voice that wasn't even an impression that was uh, just me the the, the 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 speech pattern and the inflections yeah. really yeah. i've only seen season nine so i'm surprised it was that good uh, <laughs> that was that was good that was good that was real good was the rest of the show just as good? This uh, is a character I'm working on called the guy who has only seen season nine of Scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> JD's not oh, very important. Why does everyone talk about him? <laughs> this show really should have got someone cool like Brendan Fraser to guest. <laughs> uh, Man, all right. Oh, uh, do you have anything else on Point Break? I'm out of notes, bud. I I th I think I'm good. Um, I think I'm good. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> let me see. Is there anything particular that needed to be said? I was bummed because I started counting Keanu's definitely's. 
um, and he only got to two. Um, no, I've, I've got one more final thing to say. Um, in the opening credits, I knew that this was a two-hour movie, and then I saw executive producer James Cameron, and I was like, you poor child of divorce. Oh, no. You had to make another over two-hour movie because you just wish they lasted longer. <laughs> if this... <laughs> I don't care. Make the credits scroll slower. This will be 120 plus minutes. It's, it's two hours James and two Cameron. minutes long. It's 122 minutes. Like it's like I know it James is. Cameron had to be like, no, slow down the credits, slow them down, damn it. <laughs> My mom will leave if we don't slow down the credits. <laughs> They'll sign the papers if it's 120 minutes. 119 and I'm a lonely child. Craig, oh what is your too hot oh. to handle moment? Uh, this moment is really bad to the bone, man. It is. Uh, I really wanted to give it to Johnny Utah in the like opening credit scene, doing his like gun, his firearm training, and then in the rain, giving like a emphatic thumbs up and a big smile and like fuck that guy's hot he was, uh, <laughs> he was hot he still is we love him uh but i went for a very literal one where we're doing our nighttime surfing and someone starts a bonfire by having a pile of wood and stabbing a bottle of lighter fluid <sighs> to spray it all over yeah, that shit's about to be too hot to handle for whoever that was. Yeah. It's got lighter fluid what all over you... his hands, holding a lighter. <laughs> it's a squeeze top. Just take off the cap. Whatever. Don't stab a lighter fluid bottle when you're about to light up. Oh, my God. All right. That was my too hot to handle moment. Denny, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to go with Keanu taking an outdoor shower. Um, that was a hot Ooh. scene. I recently stayed at an Airbnb with an outdoor shower, and it's just as hot as you'd think. And by that, I mean the ground was really fucking hot while I was trying to wash off all the sand. <laughs> but, um, like, that was a sexy scene. Stand on scene. this one for two seconds. Yep. Stand on this one for two seconds. <laughs> yeah. Stand on this one for two seconds. Uh, I'm going to go with Keanu, Keanu taking yep. an outdoor shower. I like that we both, even though it was my runner-up, we both picked, like, wet Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Water's dumping on Keanu Reeves, and I'm just, like, feeling a certain way. I don't know what to say. It's like he's just in a pod on the Matrix. A bunch of tubes in the back of his neck. He's so if only wet. If, he was bald and, if only he was bald and full of holes. <laughs> a little more gelatin. Uh, <laughs> when my hairline recedes a few more inches, I hope there's still such a market for guys who are bald and full of holes. I'll co cover you in gelatinous <laughs> sludge and <laughs> see where that gets me. <laughs> Greg, what's your favorite line? Uh, I only have one. It's it's the line I remember from my first time watching it. We've just uh, defeated someone trying to push Johnny Utah into a lawnmower, and gary Busey storms in with his revolver points it at the criminal and says speak into the microphone squid brain <laughs> beautiful that was great i i wrote it down as a runner-up um 
Another runner-up I'm going to give is, um, why don't you astonish me, shitface? Which is <laughs> just such a great thing to say. Um, another runner-up is, if you want the ultimate, you've got to be willing to pay the ultimate price. Um, mm-hmm. But I've got to give it to Patrick Swayze, exasperated, sitting, sitting Johnny Utah under his learning tree and going... You still don't get what surfing's all about, do you? <laughs> Just this, like, this, yes. this, this fucking walking archetype lecturing him about the true nature of surfing was something that I could not get enough of in this movie. <laughs> it was so awesome. I was such a fan. He was just so cool. That's the thing. He was so damn cool. He was the baby face. He was the good guy. Like, Johnny Utah learned something from him. That's what the final moments of the movie are, was that, like, you can't fucking break the human spirit with a system, man. Like, that's so fucking cool that they... that they. I love this movie. I love this movie. I love it. I'm a big fan of Point Break, officially. Well, with that having been stated, Denny, what's your Critiker score for Point Break? I bumped it up from a 39 to a 42 because it's fucking magical it's a magical fucking movie and any other movie that was like this no way i'm giving it a 42 or even a 39 but there is something that just fits together right about this movie and that's why it gets a 42 greg what is your score very nice um man it's it's a lovely film (laughs) you piece of shit i feel like i may I, I've I've made I my I've made my I've made my points. No 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 no. Uh, twenty nine out of forty. What'd you rate Country Bears? Twenty five. I know that from memory. I was just making you say it. All right, cool. It is a dumb action movie with a lot of weird shit, but it is charming, heartwarming. It's good. Maybe I'll raise it in the future. I don't know. Sometimes I really worry about you, Greg. Sometimes mm-hmm. I really worry about you, man. That's all I got to say. Maybe you should. <laughs> uh, <sighs> Greg, what's the best movie for when you're having a even hotter boy summer, the hottest boy summer ever? Well, I'm glad you asked because in the first episode of Hot Boy Summer, we forgot to do the gimmick of what the best movie for when was. That's our and gimmick. Is our gimmicks. There's a... <laughs> There's a sharp cut of us saying, hey, we forgot to record this, and we, like, jumped on another call I mean, we after the fact. We do this every week, right before we go on the air. We say, forget the gimmick, forget the gimmick, one, two, three, magical adventures, best friends forever, one, two, three. Every week we do this. My selection is point break. <laughs> what, what point did I derail? What were you going to say? Uh, heavyweights won the first time around. Sure, yeah. Very different movies. Very different movies. I'm also obviously. I'm going to make this a unanimous consensus and say Point Break as well. Um, loved every movie we did this week, but Point Break is the winner. It, it's so cool that yeah, I like that we had a hotter boys summer. It sounds exclusive, but this is a female gaze movie. Yes, <laughs> winning winning the episode, and we want to make it clear again: hot boy summer is a mentality. Yes, not. 
an exclusive feeling to men in general. It doesn't matter if you've got a but jingle it is a- or a jingle. You can have a hot boy summer. I don't know if I'd say that. It is exclusive <laughs> to a season, though. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, man, this has been fun. I, I'm really partial to those early episodes. I'm, I'm glad we sequeled Hot Boy Summer, man. That that's that's a good sequel. I might even go as far as yeah. to say the sequel was better than the Ooh. original. Greg, what are we doing next week? Well, we've spent enough time focusing on the season, and honestly, I'm sick of this fucking heat. I'd rather have a different feeling, something a little more positive. Let's uh let's dose ourselves and the people up with a little bit of nostalgia. Yes, please. What do you think? Uh, next week is going to be movies for when you're an aging millennial. Woo! And if you're listening to this podcast, we know a lot of you are exactly that. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we're going to have an audience poll once again. We're going to have you guys pick the third movie. We're looking for suggestions. Uh, my pick is going to be Lady Bird. So, kind of the criteria of this episode, it can be a movie from when we were kids as aging millennials, or it can be a movie about, you know, the time, the times when we were growing up. Like, Lady Bird came out, what, like, three years ago or so? Yeah. But it's about 2001, a time that all aging millennials remember clearly, so. It's also like six that's or my seven selection. years ago, by the way. <laughs> yeah, 2001 was getting, like. Greg. <laughs> 2001 was like pretty recent. That was like 10 years ago at maximum. No way it was more than that. Tops. Yeah. That's right. I'm going to need some time to think about mine, but I'm probably leaning towards either a Mortal Kombat or a 90s Batman. We'll we'll just have to see. I I, I need to examine my options because I'm I'm a very proud aging millennial and I'm not picking a Harry Potter movie. So, fuck off. If you suggest it, it's not going on the poll. Yeah, Thank you. Can you. Just, you could just save the space of commenting that. Like, we're we're not going to do a Harry Potter movie next week, and we How should. About a Fantastic we should, Beasts but we're movie. not. We're not going to do it. Mm. That's when like we, the most millennial do f- thing ever is loving Harry Potter, but we're just not gonna. I didn't grow up on it. Well, you know, Arthur didn't get his letter from Hogwarts until pretty late into the series. I don't know yeah. if you watched that far. Arthur is a total Hufflepuff, though. Am I right, guys? <laughs> um, I think Arthur's a bit of a Hufflepuff. Um, am I weird for saying that? No, that motherfucker's a Ravenclaw, and you know it. <laughs> Agree to disc. I'm doing millennial bullshit now. All right, let's <laughs> let's wrap this up, You're buddy. You're so toxic, Greg. <laughs> All right, Denny. Summer is far from over. It's getting hot. It's staying hot. But there is nothing hotter than a catchphrase. Heard that, brother. For Greg Work, the Legwork Johnson, I'm Denny the Talent Taylor, and this has been Movies for When? We already told you when, but you know what we didn't tell you? What's my Cage again! I'm a policeman. See my badge?